gadgets in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, he does it. <laughs> I got like 300 of them. do it the old-fashioned way, by touch. All right. You should never bring it. You're not recording. Oh, yeah. yeah. I am. I thought yeah, I, was, I am recording. Yes. Yep. So this is recording. We haven't okay. we, we haven't recorded up till now, but now you have to watch what you say. Exactly. It's being recorded for posterity. Right. So we well, are in the. Can we post we edit? The, I'm sorry. Can't we post edit? Uh, <laughs> I'm still working on that. <laughs> I, I'd like right. to. I, I really wanted to post uh, video, <laughs> but the problem I ran into is when I went over to the whiteboard. Mm-hmm. That uh, and I and I did the speaker view. Uh, I totally drop out, and somebody else drops onto the screen. Yeah, and uh, and it creates a, a bit of a problem if I'm going to re- put it up on video. So I'm still trying to figure that out. You'd have to Didn't turn us can. off. You could you could just turn us all off, except that we couldn't respond. Well, you have well, to. It so much. Well, yeah, I could do that. I don't know if that would change it or not, but that's a, that's Probably a thought. Work. Yeah. The- Sometimes it'd be a good idea to turn some of you off, but anyhow, that's that's a whole other story. We won't go into that right now. Um, it's, um, it's with the autofocus. Okay. If you change yeah. the autofocus at that point and set a, set a specific length, you'll be fine. For, oh, like, instead of automatic. In the camera. Yeah, when you make a shot to the well, one it was, spot. I, it it was, it was pre- I have presets set on the other computer for this okay. camera. But when I did it, it it we went up to the board. You guys saw it, but what I saw was something totally different. It was being recorded onto my screen. So mm. uh, I don't know. I got to figure it out. But that, that requires me playing with it. It requires I don't know this thing called patience that I'm really so good at. You know, but you got the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm what is known as I'm what is known in the industry as a hammer mechanic. You oh know, yeah. So. That's why we're yeah. back in James. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You guys are you guys are awful. All right. We're in awesome. James chapter we're awesome. chapter one. And uh and we're trying to get through the first uh twelve verses. I'm I'm gonna pick it up with uh verse two and read through verse twelve so that we have a, a context for where we're at. We got through the first couple of verses of James last week, and we'll try to go on from there. I was going to, I found, oh, I should should have said this, I should have said that. And I go, yeah, you know what, maybe we just need to keep moving, because otherwise, we'll be here for a year. Exactly. So I'm pretty sure that you guys won't want to wait that long to finish a five-chapter book. So Patience. That's right. Maybe that's maybe the thing is I need to teach you guys patience. Yeah, oh, that's good. I like that. See? Yeah. That no, would be really I don't know that that's a good idea. We'll have to. <laughs> well, if we miss it, we have to repeat it anyhow. So that, that's true. God's going to make you repeat if you do. Like if you we're, we're, you, I test. guess you are teaching us patience because you haven't started yet. <laughs> James chapter one verse two is following. <laughs> We I, don't will think, read. I don't think it's something we want to rush through. I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, yeah. patience is something you rush through. And if that's what we're supposed to be learning, I mean, how long did it take us to get through Philippians? I mean, it was, yeah. <laughs> that's like four tr- chapters. Tr- tr- trust me, this will be longer. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm hoping that by the end of it, we'll be together again. Oh, that would be awesome. Wouldn't that be nice? That yeah. would be awesome. 
All right, let's read James chapter 1 and verse 2. Consider it pure joy or complete and utter joy, my brothers, uh, whenever you face trials of many different kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance, another word for perseverance, by the way, is endurance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. When King James says that you may be perfect, not lacking anything. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously and without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. The man should not, that man should not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all he does. The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. But the one who is rich should take pride in his low position, because he will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises and sc with scorching heat and withers the plant, and its blossoms fall and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. All right. Now, last week, we talked a little bit about trials. We talked about how they, uh, what they look like. And if, if I could show you my board easily, uh, you'll, you would notice that I put on there that tests uh, are not only from the outside, but they come from God. The idea of the test is to test to see whether or not we are meeting the requirements that God has for us. Uh, have we passed the test? God is not attempting to test us. He's attempting to see whether or not we have learned the lesson that he's put in front of us to learn. Remember, his goal is ultimately to mature us. Now, temptation on the other side, we've listed that it's an inward act or an inward situation. And, and the result of that is, or the reason for that, is that so often temptations come from within ourselves. They're our self created and there are te tests or temptations to sin. A test is for us to do something good. The outcome is hopefully a good thing. Temptation, the outcome would be a bad thing. <clears throat> so it either comes from, <clears throat> from self or it could sometimes come from Satan. Often in Ju uh, Judaism, uh, there was a, you know, we've seen the little, we've even seen cartoons where we've seen the, the angel on one shoulder and the little devil on the other shoulder, each of them trying to convince us to do something. That concept actually was developed by the, the, uh, the Jewish religion. Uh, Judaism said that uh, there was a, a, an either or part. And they both were related to self, but also related to the possibility of Satan being on the side that would say, hey, you need to do something wrong. Um, so that is part of what we, we looked at last week, a good portion of it. We talked about the fact that it can be related to, um, to Satan, uh, a, a temptation, but not necessarily. All right, so let's see if we can get to a part here. And we talked a little bit about why we should uh, count it joy to go through the midst of trials and temptations. And now we come to this idea of if any of you lack wisdom, and I thought today we'd spend some time talking about that, talking about wisdom. And notice it says wisdom is available to anyone who asks God for it. Now, now, by the way, you don't just, in the Greek, the idea is you don't ask him one time. 
it's that you are, it's a present tense kind of thing. So the idea is that you're constantly asking for wisdom. Give me wisdom in knowing how to make this decision or what to do next or whether I should wait or should I go forward? Should I retreat? Should I, should I just stand firm? And it says the promise is that it will be given to him. There's nothing in God that keeps him from giving. Uh, it's his, by the way, it, 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 have you figured out yet that God's practice is to give generously? We're told in, in, in Malachi to, to test the Lord and, and give and see if he doesn't give back to us. Uh, he, he, in James here, it says he also that he doesn't find fault with us asking. He, he doesn't scold his children for asking or berate them because of their deficiencies in the area of wisdom. I find that, I find that exciting. I find that uh, very helpful. I find that very encouraging because there's a lot of times I need a lot more wisdom than I seem to be able to uh, come up with on my own. Wisdom allows us to understand trials and it drives us to perceive our responsibility to one another. Um, you know, there are lots of different, there, there's a story of, a, of a, a gal who was in the concentration camp in Ravensbrück and in the midst of that crazy and horrible experience, it would be easy for someone to fall into, into, into despair. Uh, it would probably be considered normal to fall into despair. And yet the wisdom of God that God granted her was the ability to see that her situation was not a misfortune, but an opportunity. She, she wrote this. It was found after she was there. Uh, I am your messenger, Lord. Throw me like a blazing torch into the night so that all may see and understand what it means to be your disciple. That's a tough prayer to pray in the midst of something like Ravensbrook, in the midst of a Nazi concentration camp. But yet that's what we're said to do. But in trials, we're to ask for wisdom in prayer. And trials push us to... to to spend more time in scripture, to spend more time in prayer, to spend more time seeking God's face, to be in, in, in and to enjoy his presence. And in, in so doing, we become more like Christ himself. And the result of that is his love should well up in us for, for, for uh, up within us for more and more. And this requires and causes us to become patient. Doesn't it also cause us to want to be more generous with what we have? Yeah. Because of how generous God is with us. Yeah. Yeah. We, as we become more like Christ, we should become more open-handed in our giving, shouldn't it? Yep. And, and yet so often, uh, we, I think we struggle with, you know, it's mine. You know, God gave it to me. I'm, I'm reminded of, uh, Steve uh, Norman's illustration a number of uh, years ago when uh, his desire was, and of course it, it didn't happen, but it would have been great. I don't know what it would have cost to have done this. His, his thought was to give Kit Kat bars to everyone in the church. And then he was talking about the fact that he would give a Kit Kat bar as an example to one of his kids. And he'd ask, could I have a piece? And, you know, the, the natural inclination is, well, you know, you just gave it to me. It's mine. 
but you know he gave all and he's only asking for a little bit back and the the the, the point of of Steve's illustration was that God asks us to give back to him and to do it not grudgingly you know you still have if you gave a kit kit cat bar with four pieces you'd still have three pieces you still have 75% right you still have the majority and you didn't have anything to begin with just a few minutes before that so i think the issue is that we need to learn to be generous you're right tom and we when we realize what god has been doing for us and in us and through us it should make us more generous there's a great commercial i don't know if you've probably seen it because you know it's got two little girls there dividing up candy on the floor in front of them. And they're taking like, each of them takes a piece of candy for themselves. It, you know, it's, it's for them. And then there's a, they do like two or three times. And the last time there's a piece of candy and they, and they, whose candy is it? And they reach out and instead of taking it for themselves, they give it to each other. Oh, wow. Very good. And I'm thinking that's a child's, uh, yeah. you know, that, that did that, not us as adults sometimes. You know, in the midst of what we're going through, in the midst of the trials, in the midst, midst of the tests or even temptations, God's definition of good things are often different than our definition. And as we contemplate, as we spend time, more time we spend with God, the more it allows us, I think, to, to discern what's truly important and to reorder our priorities and to realize that God is in control and that what God is doing is something that's ultimately good, even though we don't understand it at the time. Have you ever looked back over a trial that, that you completed and said, with 2020 vision looking back, now I understand why I went through that, or I realize as a result of going through that, I've grown closer in my walk with the Lord. And only one of you is nodding. So the rest of you have got, boy, you're in for a real fun time when God decides, okay, you need to learn this one. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> As we pray, as we spend more time in, in, in front of God, it should cause us to have a heart of compassion for others. When we start viewing trials from a divine perspective, we're, we're freed from the shackles of self-centeredness. And, and it's something that often the world helps us to be more self-centered. It reminds me of the, I don't remember who, who I heard this from, but someone was telling me that a, a, a senior pastor, an elderly pastor, uh, used to carry around in his Bible a bookmark that had been uh, uh, hand cross-stitched. And he would often hand it to someone that he was dealing with. And he would say, he'd hand it to him with the backside showing, which looks like an absolute mess. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, this is what you, you're seeing in your life. He says, flip that over and see what, how God views it. And, and on the other side, there's a, you know, this, this wonderful verse about uh, being still and know that I'm God. And he says, you know, our problem is we don't understand the perspective. We had the wrong perspective in what we're going through. And the more that we spend time with God, the less 
we think of it from our perspective, the more we will see it from his view. You know, in, in our country, in, in, in Western thought, we're, we're taught individual responsibility and rugged independence. We're talking, you know, I'm an island to myself. You know, I'm the captain of my ship and, you know, I'm, I'm, that, I'm that pioneer. I'm going to go out and do my thing. And yet, uh, often, while those are natural characteristics that we have, certainly in the West, it's not really all that biblical. God, God never intended us to do life on our own. God intended us to do it in community. You know, one of the best things that I think has happened to me in my life is spending time with you guys for the last, what, 10 years? We've, some of us have been together. Yeah. We have gone through a lot of things together. We have learned together. Uh, I've learned to be more generous. I, I, I've learned to be more compassionate. Uh, I've developed what I think is a group of friends that I can go to when I have, when I have a need. And uh, I can expect that I can expect their help. Hopefully they can expect mine. Of course, I'm not good at much of anything other than talking. So apparently <laughs> it's good enough for us. Talk a whole lot, huh? <laughs> There's value in that. Well, maybe, maybe so. So, so the thing is, we need to realize that the point of the fact is that too often the hallmarks of, of enlightenment are individual individualism. And, and it's a teach, it's, that's not necessarily the teaching of, of Jesus. This, we, we've taken cultural views uh, and tried to put them into Christian practice. And often that creates a problem for us. Is, is it more of a hallmark for very East religions, you know, Buddhism and, and Hinduism, where it's, you know, you do the best you can for yourself? Well, maybe that's, I was looking at more along the lines that in the East, it's much more, it's much more communal in its, in the way that they live. Well, I was, well, you know, I, I was, this communal for a selfish reason, I think. You know, you, you, you're the one that goes for enlightenment or you're the one that goes for this season. And if okay. you don't make it, you choose to go again or not for reincarnation or something along those lines, I thought. But I don't know. I'm not. Well, not that, that that, that's, an, that's, a, that's a certainly an interesting possibility. I, I wouldn't totally say no. I'm not sure if I can totally say yes, but I, it's certainly that's worth your, considering. That's very generous of you. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I was thinking more along the lines of patient, but anyhow. <laughs> well, again, potato, potato. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But when we start thinking about it, what do we have? All of us have a certain degree of health. We could Our health could be a lot worse than it is, regardless of their situation. We have education. We have uh, a certain amount of, of wealth as compared to the rest of the world. But, you know, those are all gifts that God gave us. And, and we have a responsibility, perhaps a, even I should say a sacred responsibility to use them wisely and use them as God wants us to. You know, when, when James discusses here in, in uh, verses 9 and, and, and 10, and even 11, he talks about the rich and the poor brother. His intent is to call us to the practice of community. I think that uh, one of the things that for me was 
so enlightening was that during the time of the of the Black Death, it was the church that reached out to the community and helped, putting themselves in harm's way uh, in order to be the hands and feet of God. How are we doing today with that? And how does that play out? I have to admit, I, I struggle with the mask issue at times. I, I see the positive, I see the positive of it. I see the, what I think is the negative of it. And I, I struggle with it. Yet I'm if I'm going to be concerned about others around me, do I need to be more compassionate in wearing that mask and not doing it grudgingly? Maybe. Maybe. And, and that that goes against my my it goes against my nature. It's not the way I, it's not the way I think. Maybe I need to be more concerned about others, less concerned about myself. It's a small thing, but I guess it's a big thing. I don't know. It's interesting. Well, I, I just I read an article yesterday. Some doctors were commenting that as people get vaccinated, they're worried that they will stop the good behaviors like masking and social distancing. And that will set a bad example for all those of us who are not vaccinated and they're worried about a proliferation of poor behaviors that may cause the infection rate to increase again. Right. Yeah. I, way to look at it, but I thought about it. I think, well, yeah, that's probably true. You know, if you are out and you start seeing fewer and fewer people wearing masks in, in the stores and stuff, you might get lax. <laughs> yeah. Good. Apparently, it's like that in Florida already. I mean, you seen Gary a lot of people without masks in Florida? It's mixed. It's not as uh, compliant as in Michigan. Right. I, no, my, uh, my brother said the same thing. I would say when we go to the grocery store, most people have masks on, but there's more that don't than I would see, say, at Myers at home. Right. My uh, my friend from Florida called and asked how the socialist state of Michigan is going, and forced to wear the mask and do all those type of things and I laugh because he's a teacher in school and so he has to wear it within the classroom but he argues that it's um, a worse statement to wear it because kids are sneezing and coughing and, and doing all this into the mask because that's what they're told in the classroom to tell the kids don't share it keep it in your mask well then they're rebreathing all those things so there's an argument there yes. along those lines yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a scientist, nor have I ever played one on TV. Um, but uh, I, I hear both sides, and I, and I don't know which is the. I don't know what the right answer is. And when I try to ask a scientist, I get, I get garbled information. It's true. So, so, get, so, so with that, with, with, so with that statement, Val, that you just made. Yes. And if we're, if, if. Part of what we're told, this was a thought I had last week. Part of, I, I was going to save it for Thursday so now I can sleep in. Um, so, why don't you just hold that thought? Because we'd really like to see your face Thursday. <laughs> so, so, you want to see the bagels, not me. So, the part, <laughs> if we're told that all the answers are in the Bible, why don't we have that answer? Should we? Why don't we have one answer? Right. Should we wear a mask or should we not wear a mask? Your conscience is the Holy Spirit that speaks to you on yeah. that. That's what I came to. Yeah. Itself, it's about what's right, what's wrong. 
Um, I may believe in divine healing and the way I walk, but that's everyone is directed individually by the spirit of God. And we need to hear more from the spirit of God than ourselves or what man is saying, basically, or this scientist over that scientist. Yeah, I have a lot of people that are in the industry of, you know, sisters, a doctor, I've got RNs, everything else. And, you know, there is a very, very uh, of opinions on this, but, you know, we have to pray on it and allow the spirit of God to lead us and guide us and, our witness, if we're to wear a mask, we wear a mask. I can still talk. I can still walk. I can still witness. doesn't hold me back. Um, you know, Agreed. so we our conscience right or wrong. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, think I think that that, uh, that God gives us the Holy Spirit to give us information. Remember, if, if our goal is to reach those that are... Um, that are marginalized and that are in, that, that we have concerns for, whether it's the aged, whether it's the poor, whether it's those that are perhaps fearful, then we need to approach them uh, in a way that helps them with their coming to know Christ and helps them to grow if, if they're a young Christian. It doesn't mean that you necessarily have to agree. It means that sometimes you choose to do things because you have the freedom to choose to do something that will help your brother or sister in Christ. Um, it's kind of like the idea of whether or not you eat, you know, in, in uh, Romans we, and other passages, they talk about should you eat meat that's been offered to an idol or not? And some that are weak in their faith uh, said no, because it was offered to an idol. And therefore, it was offered to demons, and and uh, those that are, uh, had a different view on it, a different take, said, "No, it's not a problem. It's cheap. It's cheaper. It's like it's on sale, you know." And I don't; th those are not gods. That doesn't bother me. Well, if it causes a person to stumble, and and that's the you know that's the the important important part there. If it's a, a weaker brother and it causes them to stumble into sin then you shouldn't do it. Sometimes we choose to exercise our freedom by saying, I won't do something I have the freedom to do because I want to help somebody else grow in their faith. Now, if I'm in the pr privacy of my house and um, I decide that I want to eat a, a steak that was offered to an idol because it's a great cut and it was a whole lot cheaper, it was che as cheap as getting hamburger from a plate, and well, then that's up to you. In the privacy of your home, you know. So I think that, yeah, I think that the Holy Spirit gives us, if we're truly trying to find out what God's will is regarding something, I think the Holy Spirit will lead and guide us. Here's the problem we often have: we come, we come to the Lord, we, we come to a, a situation, and we have our set of lenses that we look through, and our lens is the only lens that we think about often we might look through the wrong set of lenses. God might have a different set of lenses he really wants us to use to look at, at an issue. And, um, you know, it's... I think when we're, when we're seeking wisdom and uh, looking at a situation and looking for wisdom, you can go to uh, chapter 3, uh, verses 13 through, uh, through the end. And it talks about the two different kinds of wisdom. You know, what, what 
the wisdom of the world is and what the right. wisdom of God. Right. And if you're feeling certain things, uh, uh, you're feeling, uh, you know, envy and selfish ambition and, and boasting and, and uh, stuff like that, that's earthly wisdom it's telling you. Mm -hmm. you know, but if you, but if you have, uh, if you're full of mercy and you're submissive and, and uh, peace loving, considerate, that, that's godly wisdom, you know. Uh, so. And, and we're, we'll eventually get to three, but you're right. If you read ahead, that's your, it's exactly what you're going to get. And there is a, there is a passage to understand this in this passage. We have to understand that the wisdom that comes from God is different than the wisdom that comes from the world and how we view things will be different. By the way, often the way that, that God views things is different than the world views it. You, you do know that, right? The, the, the wisdom of God has, has three functions, I think from James it produces virtues of Christian life in our, in, in our lives. It grants what is needed to stand the test and therefore aids in becoming more mature in Christ. And it leads to a life. Uh, it leads to life versus, uh, which is the opposite of the desire that leads to death. God wants, uh, God, James says that wisdom is initially God's gift to the Christians. And, and in the Old Testament, uh, wisdom uh, was searched out to try to find it. But in James, it's granted as a result of prayers. The problem is so often, I don't pray for wisdom. I pray for other things. I have a list of prayer requests that I that I pray through, and often I've got a whole bunch that are on mine. But I I started looking at them the other night, and I'm going, yeah, I don't have a, I'm not asked for wisdom at all on this. Maybe if I asked for wisdom, I'd have an easier time making some of the choices and decisions I need to make. God, uh, James contrasts the wisdom of God from the wisdom of the world, and heavenly wisdom grants those who suffer the ability to make sense of life's injustices and difficulties and failing to understand what those injustices are to make sense of the injustices or the difficulties that we're going through. It should provide us uh, understanding that it's still that we need to trust God for what we're going through. Think about that for a minute. Asking God for wisdom allows us to understand and have a sense of the life's injustices and difficulties and to view it from God's perspective. And failing to understand that we still trust God. We still look at God and go, this is the best of the possible situations that God could put me through in order for me to, one, glorify God. That's the most important thing. And number two, to trust him. That in the midst of all that we're going through, whatever it is, that he he still has figured out that this is the best way for us to one glorify him and number two for us to mature in our becoming like him. Remember, what he thinks is is good for us is not always what we think is good for us. You know, I want ice cream and dessert all the time. Sometimes God says, "No, you got to have vegetables." I don't necessarily agree with that point of view, but God tells me I should. So I'm going to have vegetables today. You know, Janet talks about the, the, the mask issue as, and, and it goes a little bit about the two kinds of wisdom that, you know, if you don't do it for yourself, you're being selfish not to do it for other people that you're exposing. 
to or potentially exposing, or they think they're going to be exposed Mm -hmm. because that's what, you know, CDC, that's what, you know, the NIH, everyone is saying that you need to wear a mask. And if you don't, you know, and you decide, well, I'm not going to do that. That's just, that's you not going to do it, but you're not thinking of the other people that you're, uh, that you're coming in contact with. And she said, she, yeah, I don't like it. Selfishness. I don't like it. I don't like wearing masks. I just do not. I don't, I don't think, I don't think too many people, I haven't found anybody that they like wearing masks. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, doctors. During the allergy season. Yeah, during the allergy season. So dismissive. So the wisdom of this world, by the contrast, by the way, teaches us that we that we that what we perceive as trials and misfortunes should be avoided. In God's wisdom, they should be embraced. Think about that. You don't want to go out and seek them, do you? No, I didn't say we seek them. I said we embrace them. (laughs) No, I know. We embrace them. Well, I think of avoid versus seek. You know. But but, uh, we. When when James says, my brethren, he talks to Christian, count all joy when you fall into various trials. I have a reference to Acts 5.41. I don't think Paul was looking for trouble or the apostles or the disciples when they are beaten up in the temple. This is falling into. So... What are our, our trials? What the government says that we should wear a mask or wash our hands or whatever. I don't think that's a trial. It's a global thing, it looks like, that's going on, either created by men or, or whatever. Um, but certainly allowed the by question God. Here, huh? But certainly allowed by God. Sure. This is not God's punishment on anybody. I don't think uh, God is uh, so capricious. I'm going to hit somebody and not everybody. So um, here is calling about falling into. That means is a, an unexpected trap along the way. So when you fall because of what you're doing for the Lord, hey, count it a joy. Number one, it was granted to you to suffer for him. Granted. So we have to decide which one is the falling into or us going into it on purpose. You know. Yep. So here's my question to you. Why why do we need wisdom when we're going through trials? Go ahead. we, we, We know more God. Okay. Well, why shouldn't we ask for strength or grace or even deliverance? Why, why ask? Why does James say ask for wisdom? He asked it this way: we understand what is his purpose in our lives, even mm-hmm. when we think, "Why in the world do I have to have cancer?" I don't understand this part. Mm-hmm. Should I accept it or should I confide more in God? Yeah, I think I think to, to to jump off of your and add to your your comment, I think which I agree with Giuseppe. I think that's great. I think it's good good point. 
I think we need wisdom because we need to ask that we, we don't waste the opportunities that God's given us to mature. Right. God uh, wants be, us to, to grow up. God wants right. us to mature. And God has put this in our lives. And remember, he puts different things in, in each of our lives. Each of us, the plan, the, the goal is always the same. The plan to reach it is differently. My, my wife and my daughter years ago, they went to a, uh, my daughter was having, one of my daughters had a problem with, with an eating disorder. And uh, so we went to a, they went to a counselor and the counselor uh, said to my, my daughter, she said, uh, I, I, she put her on, a, on an eating plan that, that my daughter said to my wife afterwards, they're out in the car. She says, I won't do this unless you do it. <laughs> now the plan that, that the doctor was putting my, my daughter on was to help start her metabolism and help her to gain weight. My wife at the time felt like she didn't need to gain any weight. She needed to lose weight. Okay. And she's going, well, if I do this, my, I have the possibility of helping to save my daughter's life because she was in the midst of dying. So she said, okay, I'll do it. Now, here's the interesting thing. My daughter gained weight on that diet. My wife lost weight on the exact same diet, exact same portions. Mm-hmm. My wife was like, I can't believe it. I mean, you know, my, my daughter's gaining and I'm losing. I go, praise the Lord. Yeah. The, the, the goal was the same for them to both be healthy but it was it it was achieved from through different perspectives, and whatever you're going through, God ultimately wants to get you like to be like Christ. But the way He's going to do it is going to be different, and how it is achieved is going to be different in each of your lives. I'm not like Tom, not like Rick, not yeah. like any of the rest of you, and so the trials I go through are going to be different than the trials you go through. But ultimately, the goal is going to be the same. Just how we achieve it's going to be different. Exactly, and the clear text textbook for this it's Job. Yes. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what happened? Confrontation between uh, yeah, the, the accused, the accuser, and God. <clears throat> and this I keep is coming back when it comes to Job is with friends like that who needs enemies. That's what I think. True, Ooh. but but. It's a great teaching moment, not only for Job, for patience and keep on trusting, but for everybody involved to see the greatness of God. Mm-hmm. God is doing an amazing job in working through Job's friend at the same time, because his witness to his friends, to his wife, and to the rest of the world is Trump's even the most horrendous suffering. And if we remember those words, we are more than conquerors. Do we think only when we succeed or when we think that we're failing? I'm saying thinking. Yeah, remember God's definition of success is not ours. Exactly. (laughs) Sometimes God's idea of success is for you to fail at whatever it is he puts you to at, at to do, because that's his goal, is to teach yeah. you something through that failure. Yeah. 
So and is I, it success I think survival? Success is obedience. Exactly. Success is all in, in God's in God's economy. The way that we're most successful is when we're the most obedient. And too often, you know, I I, I fail. I fail miserably because I'm not obedient to what God told me to do. I, I, I want to close. We're, we're reaching the end of our time. So let me just close with a little story about a, a gal that I, I knew a number of years ago that, that she had uh, she had just a whole host of things going wrong with her. She'd had a stroke and her her husband was going blind and and uh, she had uh, he'd been taken to the hospital because we were sure she he was going to be dying and I saw her in church uh, years ago I saw her in church I asked her how she was doing and, and I assured her that I was praying for her and she asked me the most strange question she said what are you asking God to do I said well I'm I'm asking that God would help you and give you strength and give you, you know, mercy and, and grace during this time. And, and she said, well, I appreciate that, but there's one thing I'd really like for you to pray for. I said, what's that? She said, pray. This is the most important thing I'd ask for you to pray for. Pray that I have the wisdom not to waste all that I'm going through. Mm. I thought, wow. That's wisdom. <laughs> wow. I, I was blown away and I continue to be blown away as I think about it again. And too often I forget the lesson I learned from her that day. Pray for wisdom that I don't waste all of the things that God's putting me through. Too often I get to repeat again and again and again, because I don't learn the lesson the first time. Make sure we learn the lesson the first time and we don't have to take any remedial courses. Okay. That's our, our goal for today. All right. I will uh, close this with a word of prayer. And uh, if you need to go, that's fine. If you need to stay, that's, if you want to stay, that's great. We can continue our discussion about whatever father. Um, we ask for wisdom. You've promised that you will give it to us generously and you won't withhold it and you won't begrudge us. So God, we ask that you would give us wisdom in the midst of all of the things that we're going through, both personally and corporately, that you would give us wisdom in knowing how to do what you want us to do, how to live a life that brings honor and glory to you and how to live a life that will help us mature into the Christians that you want us to be. We again thank you for the opportunity to spend time together and ask that you would continue to direct and guide in our lives. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, we got through a verse, guys. Woohoo! <laughs> Told you it was going to be a long one. If anybody knows,